0: Welcome to episode three of the Legal 500 podcast. I am, as always, David Burgess, the Publishing Director of the Legal 500, and it's my pleasure to host this podcast. And over the course of the next few months and weeks to introduce you to a wealth of information, not only from our own staff, but also from interviews with managing partners, partners, chairs, silks, CMOs, general counsel, and anyone else we think has got something interesting to say. We hope you're going to join us on this journey, not least because I suppose you get to see if I can get any more professional at this, or indeed if I get more comfortable talking to myself in my empty home office. Anyway, onwards with the podcast. Joining me now is Georgina Stanley, who's the editor of The Legal 500 United Kingdom. Georgina has been editor for nearly two years after joining us from Legal Week, And has, of course, been working in the legal industry for nearly 20 years, dating back to when we worked together on International Tax Review back in around about 2001. Georgina, welcome to the podcast. Hi, David. Okay, starting off with the current UK research, which, just to remind everyone, research for firms outside of London has been completed and London research has now started. I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about how COVID-19 has changed the UK Legal 500 process for London.
1: For London, it's just meant that we're going to have to be a lot more flexible in terms of how we are dealing with referees and also how we're dealing with law firm interviews. So we've pushed back the referee process. So the first referee started being contacted earlier this week and The interview period has been extended until the end of June.
0: Okay, and I've got got a few questions that I know firms have been asking, so I think it'd be really good to get some clarification from you. Mm -hmm. So first up is, will ranking decisions be affected if there's limited or no client feedback due to clients being busy with obviously COVID-19 issues?
1: Absolutely not. No. So your rankings will not be affected by a lack of client feedback. It would it would take negative client feedback to affect your rankings in in any way. But obviously all firms are going to be in exactly the same position. Part of the reason we've or the main reason we've delayed the client contact is to try and give people more time to respond to the client um, survey, but obviously we appreciate everyone is busy, everyone is working in more difficult circumstances at the moment, so a lack of client feedback is not going to negatively harm either firm or leading individual rankings.
0: Okay, so is it mainly, so are you saying it's the submission that's the main focus at the moment?
1: Absolutely. So the main focus for the researchers is going to be the information that we receive from the firm itself through the submission form, and obviously the vast number of peer interviews that they are doing. The fact that we can't do face-to-face interviews for London is not going to stop reduce in any way the number of interviews that our researchers are doing so if anything they've actually got slightly more time to do phone interviews because it obviously takes less time than a face-to-face interview so all of that will still be happening so they'll be basing all of their ranking decisions on submissions and then what they're hearing from the market.
0: Okay and obviously you mentioned there that the researchers will be doing uh, more phone conversations as as opposed to being able to get out there and see people which we normally like to do. Are we using technology to be doing Zoom interviews or Teams interviews etc?
1: It's up to both the firm and the researcher but yes I know some of the researchers have already been using kind of video uh, interviews. They've done exactly the same for the regions the outside London interviews as well so yeah some of them are using uh, video interviews a lot of them are still being done primarily over the phone but if a firm requests a video interview then generally speaking we can do that.
0: Okay now I've had a firm contact me and ask if they're a little bit worried about their clients at the moment Mm. and they've asked if they can opt out of all client contact this year what's your what would be your answer to that?
1: So for London right now, it would be too late to opt out of all contact because the first contact was made earlier this week. But it would be possible for us to remove those clients or indeed all of your clients from all of the further sort of reminder emails that go out. So that is absolutely possible to do that uh, if that is the case. Then please just get in touch with us, and we can arrange for that to happen.
0: Okay. I mean, the good the good news is that, anecdotally, the obviously the research for with the clients went out um, not very long ago, and I believe that the response has been very, very positive and very good so far. So um, I don't think we're expecting huge disruptions to the to the uh, client research. So can you tell us when the UK is going to publish? Is it going to be delayed by COVID?
1: Not as far as we are aware at the moment. Our intention is very much um, to keep this going. Business as usual. It should be coming out in late September, as was always the plan.
0: Okay, so touching on the um, new guide that's coming out, is there anything new in there that we should be looking out for?
1: So there are a couple of new things. Um, The first is that we have uh, a new section for sort of international business reorganizations. So this is your kind of post M&A work where you'll be dealing with kind of reorganizing the business, restructuring the business rather than the initial transaction itself. And then the other key difference um, is that we've also introduced some industry sectors Um, so previously almost all of the research was based on practice lines but obviously a lot of what law firms do now is organised on a sector basis as well so um, we've now introduced a number of cross-practice industry sectors for the first time this year.
0: Okay and obviously people often ask about where we're going to be doing the next bit of research or what Uh, Practice areas we're going to be covering. Have we got any other developments in the pipeline that we're sort of expanding on or looking to do more of in the future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, one of the big things um, is our focus on litigation. So, shortly uh, before all of the corona virus happened, we uh, made a new appointment. So, we now have a dedicated litigation correspondent who's primarily focused on the UK um, initially. But so litigation disputes work is something that is the initial area of focus for us. We're going to be looking at things like litigation funding, potentially national rankings and um, other kind of research that that we can do based around our core UK rankings. But it might be that we then look at expanding that to other practice areas in the future.
0: Okay, and so obviously if anybody wants to get in touch to give uh, some feedback on how they think we should cover it or what we should be doing, who do they need to speak to?
1: So the best person to get in touch with would be uh, me in the first instance and, of course, our new um, litigation correspondent, Megan.
0: Okay, brilliant. So I think we've covered roughly what's going on uh, with the Legal 500 UK at the moment. just want to turn it around slightly and and obviously look back a little bit in nearly two years that you've been with us, you've, you've come in I know you've, you've had a lot of ideas about what you want to change and improve. What have you could, you know, what have you been focusing on?
1: We've been focusing um, a lot as I hope firms are able to see now um, in delivering the information to our audience. So it's making sure that we're making the most of all of the information that our researchers have. So that's the information from firm submissions and also from the interviews by using much more of it online. So in terms of the highlight matters, in terms of the deals that people are working on, and of course, in terms of the client quotes as well. So that's been a key part of the focus. In addition to that, trying to make sure that that we're much more available to firms, much more transparent um, about how we're operating and what we're doing, and just making sure we're keeping the quality up, really.
0: You have one hour to save lives. Children are facing a threat on a scale we've never seen before. In refugee camps and urban slums, social distancing and safe hand washing are almost impossible for children. Millions don't have access to healthcare like we do. If this virus spreads, it will be extremely hard to stop. Children will lose caregivers, meaning they could be forced to work or marry, robbing them of their chance to become whoever they want to be. Save the children are doing everything they can to stop the worst happening, but they can't do it without us. If you donate a sum equivalent to your billable hour, you could help train local health workers to spot and treat COVID-19, give them the protective equipment they need, and make sure children at highest risk are safe. Your billable hour could help families get food at the supermarket so they don't have to choose which parent or child will have to skip a meal. Or it could provide books, toys and furniture to stop our poorest children falling further behind. Together, we can help children get through this. Visit justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash BH20. Please Donate to Billable Hour today and be a Billable Hour hero. Okay, and I know that um, diversity and inclusion is something that you're very passionate about. One of the criticisms of of directories is that it's a very white, male-dominated industry, and the the rankings reflect that. Do you think, A, do you think that's a fair criticism? And also, what, what are we doing about it for the Legal 500 UK?
1: Yeah so I think historically it has been a fair criticism unfortunately I think it's just innate um as as part of the way the the directories reflect the legal profession if you're looking at a profession that is at the very senior end dominated by men it is inevitable uh to some degree that the rankings of the leading individuals researched by People speaking to those already recognised at the top who happen to be male have historically included a very large number of white men. So since I came in, I have very much been trying to change that. Obviously, we're limited in the sense that we can only reflect what is there in the market. So we can only increase our representation of women um, in line with the number of women at the top of the markets but we have significantly increased certainly for London and this year we're trying for um, outside London as well the number of women in our leading individual lists it's been a really big focus for, for me and making sure all of our researchers have been really pushing the people that they're they're interviewing the firms that they're talking to to try and get a much broader range both of women and minority lawyers.
0: And have you seen firms responding to that?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, look, are all firms doing it to the level that that um, I would hope? Possibly not, no. But generally speaking, I think people are keen to um, change this and accept that in the past, the rankings haven't always been as uh, fair as they could have been. So I think... Yeah, most firms are working with us. But obviously, there is always more that can be done. And we are very much uh, listening. And if people have ideas about how we can do a better job, then, then please get in touch.
0: And as you say, it's, 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 um, there's an element of, of diversity and inclusion where we have to reflect what the, the state of the industry is. Uh, mm-hmm. And at the top... It's, it is quite still quite male, white dominated in the UK. We obviously have the other sections, the Next Generation and Rising Stars. Are, are they an opportunity to firms to really push forward uh, their D&I uh, individuals?
1: Yeah, they absolutely are. And I think if you look at the rankings, you can you can really see the split in terms of men and women in particular is much more even as you go down those lists, both from Earth uh, sort of the Hall of Fame through to leading individual down to next gen, and then rising stars. Yeah, they get more and more balanced as you go down. Excellent. And hopefully, over time, it means that that will shift, and you'll have our leading individual list that that will be a lot more equal.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, finally, um, recently you penned the cover story uh, for Legal Business. Yeah. In an article about client service. From UK law firms. Can you just tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so Legalese um, and Legal 500. Obviously, we have access to huge amounts of client data, client feedback. And as part of this, we have now introduced a new kind of analytics research project. And this so this research, we canvassed more than sort of 60,000 UK clients and we asked them a series of questions about the law firms and, and the partners that they're using to really gauge their level of satisfaction with the firms. And um, it was a, kind of across a whole range of areas. But one of the things that, that came out um, as reflected in the most recent legal business article was uh, feeling that firms, some of the firms that performed really well were the um, kind of more boutique firms or the specialist firms? Whether they didn't—they're not all boutiques, but some of the you know, litigation-focused firm over a kind of more generalist firm seemed to score better for client satisfaction than than some of the kind of the big global giants, perhaps.
0: And and looking at that, were you were you surprised at the outcomes of of that research?
1: To some degree, yes, I was. I mean, I think it does. People are always going to feel. Um, if it's important that firms understand a client's industry and their sector um, and their business so I guess if you're looking at a boutique firm over a more generalist firm, there will be clients who feel that they are getting that extra service the value add because uh, of that additional focus so I guess it highlights really the importance of the industry sectors that you know all firms have been moving towards. Um, looking at as well
0: okay so ultimately it's about getting to know your clients better Exactly. um, which is a theme i think we'll return to time and time again over this podcast Mm. okay so that was from legal business so obviously you can go to legalbusiness.co.uk to read that article uh, or to find out how to subscribe okay well all i can say is thank you to georgina thank you it's been informative, useful and interesting as it always is when I talk to you. I'll obviously let you get back to the important task of researching the Legal 500 UK. Thank you. I know it's no small small task, is it?
1: Not really. It's quite large, yes.
0: (laughs) And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again on some future Legal 500 podcasts. But for the moment, thank you very much. Thank you, David. Well, that wraps things up for episode three. Before I go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast at Acast, Apple and Spotify. And of course, by subscribing, we know that you want us to continue. And of course, it will automatically download when a new edition comes out. You can also view the podcast at legal500.com forward slash podcast. And of course, if you wish to comment or have any questions, feel free to contact me at david.burgess at legal500.com. Uh, So next episode, we're going to have some special guests from the United States on the podcast. So much less of the legal 500 and me talking, which I'm sure will come to a relief to many of you. But until then, stay safe, stay well.